Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Crystal Stenberger of BudgetingInTheFunStuff.com with me. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here today, Crystal. I'd like to get started by uh, finding out why did you start a personal finance blog instead of maybe some other topic? Well, when I found personal finance blogs in late 2009, I couldn't believe that there were people that like to talk about money as much as me. So it was just kind of a natural fit. It was something that I talked about all the time with my friends and family, probably to the point where they wanted me to shut up. So... (laughs) Finding this world was just a a good fit, and it worked really, really well. And um, after commenting for months, a few bloggers suggested I start my own site, and I took their advice. Okay. And when you started, what were your goals? Did you set any goals, or this was just, well, you know, I'll try to see what happens? Um, In the back of my mind, I was hoping I would have, like, a few readers right off the bat, even though that usually doesn't happen. Um, and I was super excited that a few people actually did start reading me uh, right off the bat because they followed me from those other sites I commented on. Um, and that was the gist of it. That was all of my goals, um, at least for the first two or three months. And that's when I found out you could make money. Yeah. And um, in the first few months, how many people do you think have read you? Was it maybe just five or ten or twenty? or? Yeah, for the first few weeks, it was about five a day. I had five solid readers. Um, by the second and third month, I was up to 50, 75 um, a day. And then uh, after about a year to a year and a half, that's when I, I was actually getting, you know, five to 10,000 readers a month. Five to 10,000 readers a month. Yeah. But Is that- I post all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and are those new readers every month or? Um, those are just visitors. I think the unique are like 4,000-ish now. Um they were higher a couple of years ago because Google ranked me better in different mm-hmm. uh, But now I think it's settled around four to 5,000 uniques a month and 8,000-ish regular visitors overall. So when uh, by the time you started your own blog, you already have been, like mentioned, you've been commenting on other blogs. Do you think that is an important strategy if, if somebody wants to get into blogging? Um, I didn't think of it as a strategy then, but yes. I do have it on my list for new people that that's something you want to do. Uh, it's very important to network with others. And honestly, if you don't want to read other people's blogs and you don't want to comment on them, you probably don't want to get into blogging because that kind of shows whether you like it or not. Um, it, it, it's hard to just write a blog and not have any connections to anybody that it's related to. So... I would say it's not just a strategy, but honestly, if you don't like doing that, you probably won't like blogging. And in terms of where to comment, um, do you think that, I mean, I would imagine maybe some people would say, you know, well, if I'm going to comment on a competitor's blog, then they're going to think I'm spamming them or something along those lines. What is your advice uh, on that? Don't make spammy comments. I mean... (laughs) No one minds, no blogger I know of, minds another blogger leaving a comment. In fact, we love it. We like talking to each other. But if you're leaving comments that suck, then you don't care about what they wrote. You're just trying to put your link there, and that's obvious. 
So when you make a comment, make sure you're actually making the comment for the right reasons. You're answering someone's post. You're not just trying to get your links all over the place. So just the old-fashioned way, provide real value, right? Not just just put your link in there. Yeah, then there, that's the difference between spamming and actually connecting. So just don't be a spammer. Great advice. Now, you started blogging in uh, February 2010. Is that correct? Yes. And then uh, you became a full-time blogger in 2011, which is uh, it is a huge accomplishment. And what do you attribute your success to? Not only that I think you, you've done it very fast, but you also succeeded. I mean, a lot of people just give up or they never get there. Maybe they write for a couple of years and then they just, you know, nobody's interested. So how, how, were, you man how were you able to manage success and, and this fast especially? Um, the fast is probably because of network. Um, like I said, I commented on like 30 or 40 sites a week. So a lot of people already knew me. Um, then I joined a uh, forum of other people that were bloggers and starting out, and we could um, use each other for advice on how to set up your site better, um, how to do SEO when you wanted to. I put that off for like a year and a half because I didn't, I didn't want to get into that part of blogging. Um, but yeah, so you find people you can connect with and you support each other while you grow. So you have done basically no SEO for the first year and a half. Yeah. With your I didn't I didn't know what that was and it sounded like a lot of extra work so I just put it off and then I learned um, how to do the basic minimum uh, with like little plugins like the Yoast and uh, all-in-one SEO stuff like that. Uh, but it definitely was not a priority in the beginning. <laughs> so then traffic basically came from all those 30, 40 sites per week that where you commented uh, in the first uh, year and a half or so? Uh, yeah, and some from uh, search engines, because even though I didn't know I was doing SEO, uh, I, I did rank on some things. For some reason, a lot of my recipes rank well. Uh, so I was getting search engine traffic. I was getting uh, direct referrals from the sites. I was getting direct readers from those blogs. Um, so it was a nice, after about the first year, it was a really nice mix. It's just I wasn't going out of my way for SEO. I was just writing, and things were ranking. But now that Google doesn't rank blogs as high as they used to, that's why mine went down. Again, I don't, I don't really do much SEO. I fill in the little Yoast plugin stuff, and I move on with my day. And if you remember, after about six months, how much traffic would you receive per month? And after about a year, how much did it grow? I I don't remember. That was four years ago. Um, I I think that I have some posts about it. I, okay. I know that from six months to a year, it probably doubled. That's the growing time for any blog. That that's just normal. So it sounds to me that uh, that you weren't really obsessed by SEO or traffic. It, it, you know, it sounds to me that you, you were a, maybe a lot more interested in creating value and traffic. I'm not trying to put words into your mouth, but I, uh, that's kind of the sense that I get. I was obsessed with uh, commenters. That's my, and that's that's still what I I concentrate on. I don't look at my traffic stats like most people do every day. I, I don't care. I, I check them when someone asks. Like if an advertiser is asking me how much traffic I have, I'll go look. Um, 
but what I care about the most for me and the reason I keep blogging is my commenters because that's my feedback. And I love my commenters. They make my day because that means someone actually read my stuff, thought it was worth actually leaving a comment about, and those are the people that I, I want to interact with. So I'm driven by commenters. Okay. Um, so in about four years, you managed to turn blogging into a successful business. So not only that you have some visitors, but it's it's actually a real business. What are some of the reasons you had so much success um, while so many people give up? I mean, one of them is your commenters. Any other uh, any other reasons in in your mind why why you had success and and unfortunately others don't? Well, I didn't just make success blogging. Like, I don't just make my money from my blog. I also uh, run the advertising for other bloggers. And the success from that was the fact that I found a niche that wasn't really, no one had taken it yet. Because my husband and I, who now works at home with me, we actually answer the emails for 250 plus other bloggers um, with advertising. And then we have 400 or so on our, like 400 to 500 clients and we make commissions off sales because we handle everything. We're a full-service blog ad management team. So my success on being able to work from home was a combination of what I can make from my blog, which goes anywhere between 500 and 2,000 a month, uh, what I can make on my other sites, which is around 250 to 1,000 a month, and then we run the advertising for other bloggers too, because in the beginning, when I first started selling advertising, my fellow uh, bloggers that I connected with realized how much I liked it, and a few of them hated it. So they literally said, fine, you handle it. And that's how it started. Okay. Now, uh, what do you think should tell us that it makes sense for us to continue with our blogs? To feel that some people might give up too soon while others stick with it longer, but without a clear strategy? Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Um, to be to actually continue blogging, you have to like what you're writing about, and you have to um, not just like it. You probably have to be sort of obsessed with it because if you're not, six months down the road, you're going to be really tired of writing um, about the same thing over and over and over again. I love personal finance. I, I love budgeting specifically. I like looking at what I make or what someone makes, and then making a plan on what to do with it and uh, what to do with your money to keep it and how you can talk people lower on utilities, things like that. I'm obsessed with it. It's actually in my brain pretty much all of the time. So I would say that you could probably only be a blogging success if you're willing to do it consistently for years because the reason so many fail is simply because after six months of writing to that you're just putting this post up to the world and you only have like five readers, people get sad. They're, they're, they're let down that they don't, they're not more of a success already or, or they're not getting the feedback they want. And it's not about that. You can't control getting readers very much. You can comment on other sites. You can guest post on other sites. You can reach out there and try to get as many readers as you want, and that, that's fine. But what you really have control over is your product. It's what you're putting out there. And if you don't really enjoy just doing that, it's not going to last. It's like any other job. If you're not having a good time at it at all, you're going to eventually switch to something else. 
Now, in terms of those posts, how frequently do you have a strategy or or a best practice in, in terms of how frequently one should post, how long a post should be, what the depth should be of the post, uh, or it depends on the topic or, you know, how, how do you determine that? Um, with the people I talk to, we can uh, look at how each of us grows and you can figure out uh, what does the best. I personally am a short post blogger. My blog posts are generally between 400 and 800 words. Um, I just get an idea out there and I move on with my day and I post Monday through Friday and then I do a roundup every Saturday um, or now it's whatever Saturday I have open. Um, but my strategy is just to put a post out there every day because I want me and the people who comment on me to be able to have a conversation every day. Um, but what seems to work the best, actually, because I'm not one of the most successful bloggers ever. I'm just a consistent blogger, which puts me up there out of pure, hardly anyone does it after two years. So, yay. Um, but the really big successes, the ones that get millions of readers, they post, um, either they post short little posts that give you a lot of information. Like, uh, for example, one of my favorites is Jacob at Value Walk. Value Walk does little posts about stock information, like 20 posts a day, but it's all little stock tip thingies. And he gets millions of, of readers. Um, Smart Passive Income and uh, bigger blogs like that, like Get Rich Slowly. They um, actually post a little bit less frequently. Like Get Rich Slowly posts every day now, uh, but Smart Passive Income only posts every couple of weeks. But his posts are super informative and they give you lots of meaty, yummy information and they're really interesting because his voice is amazing and so you can actually succeed in different ways so I'm a frequent poster small post uh, smart passive income is big meaty 2,000 plus well posts every week or two um, it, it just depends how how you want to write uh, what you enjoy writing and what your readers are looking for with me they know they're just getting my information for the day, like a little bit of crystal every day. Um, smart passive income, they're getting tons of help and knowledge, uh, so they don't mind waiting for it. So there are a lot of ways to succeed. The one you should do, the strategy someone chooses needs to be based on how they write. Because if you like to do informational posts, then you can't do one every day like I do. You would go insane because that's a lot of uh, research and, and, and time. So you would probably want to do one, one a week and, and just give them all you got. Um, but if you're more like me and really after you get that point out of your head, you're done, then you need to post frequently because you're not giving them a ton of information at once. So you're going to need to give it to them more often. All right. Uh, that's that's uh, that's good input, and I, I like the fact that you say you know it, it depends because you know uh, there is just more than one way to make this a success, and and I have seen that too reading through blogs, and and I'm, I'm glad you're reinforcing that. Now, at what point should a blogger start thinking about monetizing their site, and and how should they go about it? Oh. Um Bloggers naturally think about monetizing their site pretty much after they start. It's just going to happen. When people find out there's a way to make money doing something you're already doing, you're going to think about it. So that will take care of itself. When you're actually going to make money is when advertisers actually care about your site. Uh, you'll know that because you'll start getting emails, uh, generally spammy emails, asking for links at $5 each. Um, 
take those emails as a good sign. Don't follow through on them. Do not sell a link on your site for $5. But that means that your site is starting to look tasty. And if your site's starting to look tasty, then you can choose what direction you want to go with it. You can do direct ads, which are link placements, but for actual reasonable amounts of money. Or you can do affiliate advertising or uh, pay-per-click or pay-per-view advertising. If you think you're going to be able to grow your site to be really big and you're going to get a lot of readers, uh, you can get a lot of money on pay-per-view ads. I never worried about growing my site huge, and my readers are really... Um, they're not easily distracted. They don't notice ads on my site very very much. So for me, I went the direct ad right route. But for like Smart Passive Income, he makes a ton of affiliate money, like twenty thousand to thirty thousand a month off of Bluehost, because he will give really great posts and videos on how to use it to its maximum like function, how to uh, to start things, and then he puts his affiliate link in there. And he has so many readers that a few sales, like just like a few percentage of his readers buying it means that he made a lot of sales. So you have to figure out what's going to work for your blog the best and your mindset the best. Since I can't make a lot of money on affiliate sales, or at least I have not figured out how, I went direct ad. But if you think you're going to build up really fast, you're going to be a huge site, then you could concentrate on giving a lot of value to your affiliate links and like explain how to use them and connect people to a product you believe in. And then you can make a lot of money there. So there's there's definitely two big routes right there. Now then there's like tertiary routes. You can also make a lot of money with ebooks or courses if you have information people will pay you for. So okay. In my opinion, pretty much anything can make money any hobby, video gaming, whatever. If you can provide value to it or help perform a service from it to other people, you will get paid. So blogging is no different, and there's a lot of different ways to make money. But again, I hate to say it, but the answer is it depends because it depends on the site and your readership on how you're going to be able to monetize the best. Okay, that's a fair answer. Now, <laughs> now you've been a, a staff writer. I, I read through your 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 site, obviously, but one of the things that I, I found was uh, you've been a staff writer on several websites. I believe you mentioned like a half a dozen. What is the advantage of doing that as a, as a blogger, and what strategies should bloggers do to try to become staff writers for other sites as well? Um, staff writing is helpful because it gets your name out there again. It gets your reputation. Um, that's why I did it. I also did it because I liked writing about personal finance so much that I already had two or three weeks of posts in my site, and I wanted to get some posts out there faster. Um, the best way to go about it is to use all those connections you have from the commenting and the forums that you joined and getting to know other bloggers because at some point, one of them needs to hire a staff writer. It's just going to happen. Um, so you make those connections, and you can actually start staff writing through one of them uh, when they're looking. Uh, you also have problogger.com and sites like that that you can find staff writing positions on. Uh, but really, networking is the way to make money online, period, the end. Because, um, okay, I don't staff write anymore. I used to, I had I was staffing up to 11 sites a week actually at one point, um, but I don't do it anymore because I ran out of time with the online business. 
but I help people connect to staff writing because I have some co-owned sites we need staff writers on. So whenever I'm looking for a staff writer, I know people who are looking because they're my, they're connected to me and they've already told me that they're looking, so I kept them in mind. Well, when people ask me about staff writers, I now have my own staff writers to, to refer and people who would let me know that they're in the market even though I didn't need them right now. So it's all about connecting. If, if one of my blogging buddies that's staffing on three sites right now, she got all of her jobs somehow through me because I knew that these people were looking. I knew she was a really good writer because she had guest posts on my site, so I hooked them up. And um, you do that with a lot of people, and all of a sudden you're getting gigs left and right. It's just blogging is a social sport. <laughs> if you don't want to connect with a lot of people, if you don't want to be networking on a regular basis, and networking isn't actually a job. It's literally, if you don't want to connect with people and have personal conversations with them, you probably won't succeed without a lot of work on your end because that's just cold calling for staff writing jobs. But yeah, that's actually my favorite quote that I heard uh, recently. Blogging is a social sport. <laughs> I'll I use that if you don't mind. <laughs> now, um, you know, I read uh, a little bit about uh, your... Uh, Adventure with Google, and uh, <laughs> you know it's uh, you know how how Google kind of holds us hostage sometimes with uh, with rankings. So, what is your recommendation for minimizing our dependence on search engines like Google, and not only Google but others as well, um, and and other businesses? Uh, you know, I mean, bloggers and other businesses sometimes live and die by these rankings. So, what can we do to protect ourselves and reduce vulnerability? Well, if you're going to reduce vulnerability to Google hits, then you don't want to sell direct ads. You want to stick with affiliate advertising and pay-per-view and pay-per-click ads because that's not going to get hit by them, so you'll be fine. Um, my problem with Google is that I did go the direct ad route, and they hate that, and I get hit probably once a year, and then I get out of it by removing ads, and then we're done. Um, I like that question, how to reduce your dependency on search engines. The problem is uh, I don't know if people want to or not. See, I don't care about SEO. I, I don't look at that. I don't grow like that. Um, I'm a personal blogger. I, 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 just, make, I just care about connections, really. Um, so for me, it's a lot easier to just blow off caring because I don't. <laughs> um, but if you are going to build your site to be something huge, like your Rich Slowly or Smart Passive Income, or uh, there's like five in my head right now. But anyway, if you're going to get huge, you're going to care. It's just going to be natural because search engines give you traffic. Um, and if you care, you just don't do things that are against their terms of service. It isn't that hard to stay away from getting hit. Um, although I have heard of bloggers that didn't sell any ads who got hit, and now they're they're fighting like the whole process to get out of the manual the manual penalty. I don't know how to I don't know if that's avoidable uh, because the way Google has a lot of stuff automated, uh, you don't have a lot of control over if they're going to hit you or not, even if you're not breaking the terms of service. So um, in that regard, everyone's trying to figure out the magic pill to take to uh, keep yourself immunized against Google, but if I had those answers, I'd be a lot richer than I am. 
<laughs> you uh, you managed to uh, get on Forbes.com. Can you share the story behind that? How you did that, and also what can what can we do to to get on Forbes or or some of these other online uh, publications? Well, I did. I got to Forbes through Get Rich Slowly. It was a guest post I did for Get Rich Slowly about. I believe that one was about paying off. Um, my college debt as I went. It was it was my college uh, my college story. That is about guest posting. Uh, if you can guest post on bigger sites and your post is really good, even bigger sites will pick you up. Um, I also have gotten on Yahoo and uh, a few large home sites by applying to Haro H A R O. Um, you can sign up and they'll send you things when journalists are looking for story ideas or not story ideas. They have a story idea and they're looking for uh, sources and you can actually send in why you think you'd be a good source, answer their question well and uh, give them the, the information they ask for in a timely manner and every once in a while they'll use you. And that's how I got on Yahoo was uh, I, I replied to a, a Harrow ad and they loved my paying off my house early story. My first house, our rent house, was paid off in six years. And they were going to use me as one of five sources for the article. And then the more they talked to me, the more they just wanted to turn it into an article about my story. And so they did their their one story that they were going to do, and then they did one just on me. And that's how I ended up on Yahoo. So that's just replying to people looking for sources. So Harrow.com, uh, guest posting all over the place and uh, putting good post material out on your site. That is how you can get picked up by the larger places. Okay. Now today, um, I mean, it's when you started out, you've been doing a lot of commenting on other, other sites. Um, today, I mean, we're talking about four years later. How else do you promote your blog in addition to, to what you've been doing? Are you doing anything new or are you just pretty much doing the same? I'm pretty much doing the same. I could probably grow faster if I could find out new methods. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not your person to talk to about growing your site huge. I'm just the one to talk to about making it consistent. I, I, I like to blog, so I keep blogging. Um, I get my readers from commenting on other sites, guest posting on other sites, being a bigger site that people who just start blogs want to connect to. That helps because then they mention me and their readers come to me as well and my readers go to them, so it's like a share. Uh, but I've, I've had all of my success online through networking. So the answer you're going to get out of me for how do you make money online will always be networking. And that's commenting, guest posting, uh, making friends with others. It, it's important. It really is the only way that you're going to build an online reputation because, honestly, I don't know you, and you don't know me, but you know about me because of all the stuff you read about me on other places and my own site. So how you put yourself out there online is you. That that becomes you. you are, your online personality is a person. So that's the important part. Now, in terms of uh, email marketing, is, is that part of your strategy, or you're not very big on building your email list? I am trying. I was late to the party on that one. Um, I, I, again, it looked like work, so I put it off. But I am growing an uh, email list now, and I have like 350-plus subscribers I'm proud of. 
I do an email newsletter every Friday. Um, every once in a while it ends up being on Sunday if I was uh, late. Uh, and that, an email is just huge. That would be my one regret of something I didn't do in the beginning. It wasn't SEO. I didn't care about that. Still don't. But email list would have been a big one because it is a way to connect directly. And you are invited in. So it's huge. And when I sold my first ebook, it would have been really nice to have an email list to tell about it uh, to start with as opposed to a year later. Um, so I, I would be huge on, on email lists. I would say start one. Uh, give your subscribers something to, to want to be involved, either good information or do a giveaway or something. I do a monthly $25 giveaway plus one of my ebooks. So um, just get them involved because an email list is even better than just having readers because that is literally people who said, yes, you can speak directly to me. I want you to send your stuff directly to my inbox. Um, and that's that's a lot of, to me, that's, that's a huge compliment. But, and it's a way that you're going to be able to reach those people directly when you have something really big to announce or say or sell or any of it. It gives you direct access to people, which when you're blogging, that's like that's the money spot, right? That's what you're looking for. Yeah, uh, you know, earlier you mentioned uh, one of your revenue sources, your business that helps bloggers with advertisers. Can you uh, can you talk about that business a little bit? Uh, first of all, what is what is the name of the business? If somebody wants to check it out, and also can you talk about the process a little bit? Uh, we never officially named it, so it went under the general title of Crystal for Hire, which is all the things I do online. Um, but it's on my Budgeting the Fun Stuff Crystal for Hire tab. It's a business that uh, we help answer and run and negotiate the ad deals so that the bloggers don't have to, and then we just send it to them to put up, and we work on a commission. And it's a very simple idea. It literally came about when one of my um, friends in the beginning, Kaylin, at the time from Bucks and Boomer, now she has uh, Weight Chronicles, uh, she didn't want to do it. She didn't want to handle all of the emails. They are a little bit stressful for her. So uh, she asked, uh, we worked out a way that I would do it for her at a commission, and it grew from there. Uh, she she was one, and then I had three, then I had ten. By the end of the year, I had a hundred, and that's when my husband stopped uh, working in the school district and uh, came to work with me at home. And what is your criteria to taking on a new client? What, do you, what are you looking at to see if this is – because maybe somebody just starts out today and say, okay, I want to start making money tomorrow. How do you determine if it's a good fit? Well, we don't do we – don't, we don't weed anyone out. If you want to sign up with us, you can sign up with us. Uh, since we're answering your emails, you're already going to know whether you're going to make any money or not on whether you have emails or not. So <laughs> – um, generally, people wait until they're actually getting uh, emails to answer before they sign up with us because otherwise that means your site's not tasty, you're not going to get any business. So there's no reason to waste the time on it if you're not getting any uh, people reaching out asking to buy ads. So we don't have to weed out anyone. We don't have to turn anyone down because that's taken care of us for, for us by advertisers. Um, so we, we don't have anything. But we, we accept everybody. That's why we... We grew as fast as we did. And we've had people come in as uh, page rank zero, domain authority five. They just started. And they come in and they sign up because 
despite the fact they're not getting any interest, they want to be there. And then they've been with us for about a year and a half, two years, and all of a sudden they're making money because their site grew, their ranks went up, they they had things we had to start answering, and and we started making money. So uh, since we only answer what comes in, and since our job is based on what what we need to do for you based on the, the things that come in, we don't mind taking on clients that aren't going to make anything in the beginning because it's not like we're spending a lot of time answering emails for them. And when our time is being taken up, it's because they're getting interest and then they're making money. So it takes care of itself. Sounds good. What is the best way for people to connect with you? Um, in a like. In general, so email. yeah, in general, uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I didn't ask that question the best way. But what's the best way for pe- people to connect with you to either to check out this service or anything else that you do? Uh, to check me out, best way is to go to my site, budgetingandthefunstuff.com, and look around on the tabs. I have pretty much my entire life is on my blog. I, I don't I don't hold a lot back. Um, the best way to connect to me personally, if they want to reach me, is my email budgetingfunstuff at gmail.com. I I constantly have my email on my phone. I have my email on the computer. When I have free minutes, I answer emails. So email and my website will pretty much tell you absolutely everything about me. Well, Crystal, I really, really appreciate you taking the time today. I I very much like the fact that it's fairly simple. Your success is fairly simple. I think it's it's very doable is what I'm trying to say. Sometimes when when we hear about success stories, it sounds so complicated. But, you know, what I would take away from me is networking, making connections, providing quality, writing, and and then commenting on other blogs, and making useful, useful, making yourself useful, basically. So I think to me, if somebody takes that model they can succeed and and I appreciate that yes totally and I mean that was my first ebook is how I make money blogging online is literally the step-by-step of what I did to do what I did and it's not hard there's like 11 steps and they're all about networking and reaching out and commenting and blogging and that's that's why the ebook sells it's straightforward well, thank you, Crystal. And again, make sure you check her out at budgetingindefunstuff.com. Thank you, and uh, I hope we can do this in the future sometime and see uh, just a follow-up, maybe a year from now or something like that, see how things going. Hey, always. I, I love these things. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Have a nice day. You too. Bye.